0: Welcome to church. I'm Stephanie, your Atheist Jezebel. The episode you're about to hear was published in December of 2018 by your Atheist pastor, Luke King. The featured Atheist interview is with Nick, and it takes place while he was still in the questioning phase of religion. Nick is active in the Yappers group on Facebook and in the Marco Polo group. He's an all-around amazing guy that I love talking to.
1: My guest today is Nick. Nick is a longtime listener, first-time caller, uh, and uh, also an active member of the Yappers group. Patreon subscriber just was on his very first super-secret Skype call with all of us uh, a little while ago. And in fact, actually, when this airs, you will have done like two or three super-secret Skype calls already. Uh, But Nick, thank you so much for being on the show today.
2: Yeah, it's great to be here. I've been looking forward to it for a long time.
1: Me too. Also, it was really cool. Tammy and I got a chance to meet Nick uh, when we were in Michigan. Uh, he made the drive all the way to uh, to Bell's Brewery in Kalamazoo just to hang out with us, and it was a ton of fun. It was really cool. Really cool meeting him when we were out there. So it's cool to actually have you like on the show today. I'm really excited about it. So let's. Yeah, it was
2: fun. Actually, it was a, it was a really fun drive. Yeah,
1: well, that's good because sometimes drives can suck. Um, so it's actually good that that was a good drive. Uh, let's. Uh, so, so first of all, uh, this is. I think Nick, this is probably going to be a little bit different interview than what we've done before in terms of uh, the lines of questioning because there there are several things that I I want to get into with you that we don't normally. Uh, Sometimes I don't know a lot about the people that I'm interviewing, but I, I have the, the privilege of knowing kind of a, a a lot about you and your story and I definitely want want to get to that story. Um but but I also want to point out to everybody that um so you're one of the, the folks that we interview who you're very, very active in our community, but you're not an atheist per se. So yeah. l- let's start with telling everybody about where you are spiritually. Um
2: Currently where I'm at is, uh, uh, I, I'm just one of those people that, where I can kind of see it both ways. And, uh, sometimes that's, that's really frustrating because I can definitely understand why, you know, the things that are going on in the world, why people would say there is no God, because if, if there was certain things, you know, how, how could a loving God not intervene? Um, and then other times, Most of the things that really make me convinced that there is a God or at least something is more, I can see how complex nature can get and how, you know, specific things, you know, seem to be designed. So I, you know, think something must have caused that to be, but, you know, maybe we just don't have the whole truth and what exactly it is. So I don't know right now. I'm just kind of looking around for what I think is the truth, but. I'm open to the fact that what I've been taught my whole life is not.
1: So what were you taught your whole life? What was your spiritual journey like before you've arrived at this point of questioning and kind of finding your own path? Uh,
2: well, my, my dad is a Pentecostal Christian. and um, uh, he He's not my biological dad, but uh, my mom married him when I was about three or four years old. And uh, he immediately started teaching us about about uh, how he viewed God and uh, he gave me my first Bible. He taught me all about hell. Uh, that was like one of my first lessons. Um, he uh, he gave me these, uh, you know, like those old things that look like books, but when you open it up, there were uh, cassette tapes in them.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: He gave me a couple of those and it was all about this woman, apparently, who um, Jesus would come to her when she was asleep sometimes and would take her soul to hell and gave her like a tour of hell basically so that she could come back and tell people how it really was and you know how they need to repent because they don't want to end up there and uh so over the course of like a few months he visits her and takes her down there and so each of these tapes was a time she goes down there and uh and my mom freaked out when she found out that he was uh Showing me that stuff, but
1: was this like, uh, for, like, like for real? Like, the, was this dramatized, or was this like somebody? No, many, this was no. They this really. Was a,
2: this was a woman that was telling her story.
1: That she, that she really, like, she really believed in her brain that that Jesus showed up and took her to the depths of hell to show her what it was like.
2: uh Yes, and so did my dad. He believed that uh, her story was true, and that and I, he was telling me how hell was really like.
1: Wow! So this was your this was your early introduction to Christianity was Pentecostal, uh, all about hell, Christianity.
2: Yeah, the fire and brimstone kind.
1: So 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 tell me about your childhood then. I mean, how old were you? Uh, remind me again how old you were when when your dad uh, the, when he came in he came into your life. Um,
2: I was about three or four.
1: Okay, so so what was your childhood like? being surrounded by this kind of faith um
2: you see it it, it wasn't it, was, it definitely wasn't horrible it could definitely have been worse um but he was uh he was very big on sheltering me and uh then eventually my younger siblings when they came along um it's uh you know like how some people do like little superstitious um hacks and things like they have to do like every single day. Like you pretty much had little spiritual things that we had to do all the time. Um uh, Every night before I went to sleep, I had to read three chapters of the King James Bible. Cause you know, that's the only version that's the, that's, that's good.
1: That's the true. That's <laughs> the original true version. King James, baby. You can't, you can't read
2: anything else. Nope. <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> Which is such bullshit, but that's just, that's just uneducated is what that is.
2: Yeah, but you know, three three chapters every night. It didn't matter how long or short they were; it was at least three chapters. Uh, you can imagine how how uh, how bad and how, um, how much I had to negotiate with him when Psalm one nineteen came around. Oh
1: my gosh! Because so so I, was, I was this was this your, your I mean, this was your whole childhood? Like like you had to read the three ver three chapters a night, and and I mean, was this uh, was this what your whole childhood was like?
2: Uh, yes, he uh, he enrolled me in a Christian school as well. Um, I went there from kindergarten through eighth grade. Uh, so I was surrounded by school there. We had chapel every single day. Um, you know, the, we had Bible class as well. Uh, we went to church. And uh, my dad was also really big on voicing his opinion when he disagreed with the church. So we we jumped around to a few different churches when I was young at first.
1: Now, uh, did you experience the speaking in tongues, Pentecostal, casting out demons, slain in the spirit kind of Christianity as well? Was was your dad, was that the kind of Pentecostal church you went to? Um,
2: you see, the, that's the interesting thing is, I don't think we ever really went to like a Pentecostal church.
1: Mm,
0: missing we out. went to
2: like, yeah, yeah, but that <laughs> didn't stop him from speaking in tongues. Oh. And that didn't stop him from being very active in seeing or believing in the demons and spiritual war around us and stuff like that. Um, I think the, the earliest church I can remember from us when we moved up to Illinois, because I was originally born in Texas, um, was a church. I'm not 100% sure what kind it was, but he, I, I was not able to go to Sunday school with the rest of the kids on Wednesdays because God told my dad, that the woman who led that Sunday school class was a witch.
1: No so, way. Yes. What what did he now did dad okay? So so did dad provide any evidence for this, or was he just like, God told me, and that's how I feel?
2: That's exactly how it was. God told me, and so this is how things are gonna be now.
1: Was there any indication that she was a witch? I mean, was she casting spells? Was she did no, she did I, she wear shorts? About, like was, I
2: remember that she was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no idea if that has anything to do with it, but she was a lot of the kids' favorites. Like, we all liked her. Um, she was closer to our age, so we think that's so up now that's probably, like, what was, you know, most had to do with it, just she was younger. Um, but God told him that she was a witch, and that wasn't the first time that happened. Um, at another church, um, one of the worship leaders is a witch, um, one of my friends, I apparently made friends with a witch. Uh, so God, God has told him a lot of things over the years.
1: So dad was paranoid about witches. I mean, that yeah, was... dad
2: was paranoid about witches. Dad spoke in tongues, even at home, um, which, I didn't realize then, but you know, was, that
1: wasn't right. What was that experience like speaking in tongues at home? Was he just walking down the stairs like shoddy, shadiya da 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 Or was it like, uh, you know, when you guys were praying, I mean, what, how was, man, I'm just so, I'm so fascinated by like what, what that was like in the home.
2: Well, he claims, um, he claims that every, that he would wake up at like three or four in the morning and he would pray for like two hours before he started the day. um, he also prayed a lot at night, and then he also was very big on, you know, when two or more gathered in my name, I'm there. So he would have church at home with him leading it, of course. Well, um, of course. Yeah, of course. You know, the, the head of the house and stuff. Um, And he would speak in tongues when, you know, when we were all praying and stuff like that. And it was, uh, it was, it was awkward more than anything. But, you know, I, what was I going to say?
1: Did he ever pray in tongues when you had friends over?
2: Um, No, but I did have a friend who was sitting with us at church one time, and he was just shouting out in the middle of the worship service, and she was like, the fuck?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What was your religious faith like at this time? Did you buy into it in the same way that your dad did? Were you speaking in tongues? Was God real to you in this kind of fashion?
2: Um, yes and no. I did not speak in tongues, but, um, I, I did, I did, um, unfortunately grasp onto like pretty much everything he said. Um, it, 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 that even caused, uh, cause you know, as, as I was saying, he disagreed with the churches a lot. So of course he disagreed with my Christian school on some things and that ended up, um, because he kept reinforcing his ideas on me, I would then call out my teachers at school. Mm. And then start arguments in school, and um, and so then other kids um, turns out um, Christian kids really love to bully other Christian kids, especially when it comes to the Bible. <laughs> surprise,
1: um, surprise.
2: Yeah, and uh, so it pretty much started out as a Bible debate between like these four kids and I, and then they, it just it and this was about in first first grade I think, and for the next seven years it was just constant bullying it was horrible. Wow. Um and uh you know, and it, it was stuff that you know, I did report to the school. I told my parents. My parents told the school, but in the end everyone came back and told me the same thing that you know, I have to turn the other cheek and stuff. Cuz that's um,
1: what Jesus would do, man. Yeah.
2: Which yeah, is such, and I shouldn't, which and is, I
1: shouldn't demand that they get
2: punished because you know, crap. mercy.
1: That's such yeah. bullshit though. I mean, so so was this so so you're your, the faith that you took on, that was put on you from your father, is the same faith that led you to be bullied in a Christian school. Yeah. And how did yeah. how did you feel about that? It was
2: um, honestly, it was it was really annoying. But you know, whenever I would go home, and you know, my dad was very big on there are no secrets and all that stuff. And he would ask me about this stuff happening in school and he would say, well, you know, that's how you can tell, you know, the sheep from the wolves and stuff like that. You know, there gonna be wolves in sheep's clothes, you know, that, that, you know, most of the people in there that say they're Christian aren't Christian. And, you know, this, that, the other thing. And, you know, he was just very big on, you know, just saying, but you know the truth. And then he would just go on with, you know, however he taught it or interpreted it.
1: His attitude wasn't to protect you. It was to say... Jesus was a Jesus was a martyr, so you should be one too,
2: yeah basically,
1: and was this your experience then pretty much all through school
2: um yeah, pretty much until uh um eighth grade is kind of when it all really changed because um by this point uh my dad and I started getting into arguments um between me, starting when I was in you know fourth grade up to eighth grade those four four years were really strenuous because my parents divorced um and then i found out that you know unfortunately both parents can be kind of manipulative with using kids against the other Mm. and my school work definitely suffered a lot during those years um but they also suffered for multiple of other reasons and um You know, I would tell my dad things like, you know, I couldn't uh, understand math. And um, he he would just say that I was lazy and things like that. Um, So going to him really wasn't something that I really wanted to do for anything. But then when I stopped talking to him so openly, then he was like, you're keeping secrets. And And then with him, if you break his trust or if he feels you break the trust, it's impossible to get it back, and he treats you really kind of bad. Um, so he would start, you know, screaming at me about things, um, screaming at me every time I did, I got a bad grade on something. So I started hiding my homework from him, and when he found out about it, or he suspected that I was, he would, you know, uh, he he loved to quote the scripture of uh, all liars will have their place in the lake of fire, and. You know, he would, he would scream that in my face. He'd get, like, real close to my face and just, you know, scream Bible verses at me. And, you know, and he, he would tell me, like, you know, before God, you know, uh, did you did you lie about this or are you lying about that and stuff like that? And he would always say, you know, you can't lie if it's before God because if you lie, you know, then, you know, your soul is damned and things like that. That, that was really freaky.
1: What was your concept of love at this point in time in your life?
2: Um, you see, back then, I, I, I think I would definitely say, like, I, I know that he loves me and stuff like that, but, you know, now I honestly have no idea what I knew back then. <laughs> I don't think I really knew anything about anything. Um, I just, I just knew that back then he was my dad, so yeah, he loved me, and, you know, he's only doing things like that, so you know, I won't backslide and end up, you know, demon possessed and things like that or, you know, uh, end up going astray. Um, my mom really wasn't so big into all the religious stuff as him. Um, so when we got to her house um, after they divorced, things were a little bit better there. Um, whenever we visited, visit, you know, she she had cable and that was, you know, a big deal. You know, right. my dad actually tried to take her to court to stop her getting cable because that would expose us to oh my horrible gosh. shit. And, you know, we, we you know, my, my siblings were like, you know, eight at the time. We watched Hannah Montana and The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody on Disney Channel. Like, you know, we didn't we didn't watch anything, you know, horrible. But, you know, it, Disney, you know, had magic in it. And, you know, magic is evil and magic is real. Um, he gave me a lot of demonology books. Uh, you know, books on the spiritual battles going on around us and how we can
1: interact with it. Can you remember any of the books that you had? I had like three, and for the life of me, I cannot remember what they were now. Like, it just popped into my head. I definitely had a Bob Larson book. Oh, Bob Larson is the worst. That guy is terrible. He's terrible. Uh, the
2: hero, according to my
1: Bob Larson is awful. So anybody that's listening that doesn't know who Bob Larson is, Bob Larson is basically, he's like an evangelical or Pentecostal dude who goes around and has pretty much made his living casting out demons. And and now uh, he is pretty much making his living uh, casting out demons in uh, in hotel rooms or uh, not hotel rooms uh, in uh, uh, shit. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, Ballrooms in hotels. Like that's that's pretty much oh, yeah. where he's making his living now.
2: By conventions, basically.
1: Yeah, but it was it's it's the, like he rents out you know the little conference room in uh, he rents out the little conference room in in hotels and that's where he does his stuff. Yeah, I never had any Bob Larson books. I had like a man. I can see the cover. I just can't remember the name of it. It was like a purplish or blue cover and it had an angel and a demon on the front and it was very foreboding and and whatever it was. But I was super into demonology stuff like big time when I was in my Jesus days.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I had a Barb Larson book. I had a, a Rebecca Brown series. Um, it was a trilogy to that one. Um, and it was all about a doctor who, um, and, and the first book is about her saving a, a bride of Satan.
1: Wow. And, uh,
2: and you know they they describe the wedding and and all that stuff, and uh, and how it was being married to Satan and how they got her taken out of there. and the other two books kind of go a little bit more where she's she explains again how you can interact with the spiritual warfare around you, yeah, and stuff like that, and how you can protect yourself from demons and things like that. so uh, you know he, he was really bacon to me reading about that kind of stuff. He was you know the kind of guy that would take me to the Christian bookstore and get those little tracks, you know, um, Oh yeah. That, yeah. That, the little comics all about how to get saved. And you know, he, he would take me around to like random places and we would just like leave them around and pass them off to people and stuff like
1: that. Did Did you believe in the demonology stuff? Did you buy into that? Was that something that I was, did. yeah. Oh, yes, I did. So tell me about that. Did, uh, was it scary to you?
2: Um, it was only because, um, you know, I I I had a friend who might my, my believe it or not, uh, the friend that my dad said was a witch. Um, we we were uh, hanging out, me and another friend, and her, and uh, she she decided to host a sales yes. for us. <laughs> Yes, yes,
1: <laughs> she was a witch.
2: Yeah, right. Maybe maybe God's onto something with him. <laughs> but uh but so she she did this séance and um I for the life of me don't know when what what the fuck happened because there's no way she had any help from anyone in my dad's house about this but uh right as like the creepy shit like was supposed to start happening um the TV in the room just like went into static mode and then like turned off and like that did freak us out Ooh. um yeah no <laughs> uh but, like, nothing, nothing nothing really happened, and, you know, that was whatever, but we, uh, me and my friend uh, did ex- have, like, extreme paranoia after that, and um, I, I it, it got to the point where, like, we truly believed that, like, demons were after us because we we partook in the seance, and, like, all three of us were, like, freaking out um, and stuff like that, and we actually went to, like, a church small group leader for help. <laughs>
1: Wow. I, I had, I had similar, I didn't go to a seance, but I had similar fears. Uh, I think you were younger than me when you had the fears. I was 25 when I had the fears and I was was, uh, 13, I think. See, there you go. So you were, you had a reason to be, I was just an idiot. And, (laughs) and I, you know, I had these things where I, I, I thought because I, I practiced because I did yoga on P90X that i had opened myself up to demons and, because my ex-wife was Japanese and we had a couple of like traditional family idols in the house. I was like, Well, that's a doorway to demons. And all these other things that, that the, the, the Pentecostal church makes up all every time you look at porn, gateway to demon. Every time you masturbate, gateway to demon, lustful thought, demon. You know, every time you sin, it's like you're opening up little tiny crevices for demons to come inside of you to like mess you up, like to get after you. Was that a, did you have a similar experience?
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know, and then of course you can have multiple demons as well. So Absolutely. like, even if you, you you get one demon from doing something for so long, it'll harden you enough to go ahead and go do something else so long that another demon gets it, another one, and another one, and then you're just stuck.
1: I am legion, for we are many. You know, that's so, uh, yeah. that's where it comes from, uh, and you just want to cast demons out into pigs. So all right, so th- there's I, I we could go down this demon hole uh, all day long, but I, there's more to your story that I want to get to. So tell me about how did you go from demonology being afraid demons were after you to what happened to get you to the point where you're at now where you're not really sure
2: um there were definitely times when i was when i was maybe 13 14 years old when i just started really being I'm unsure of a lot of things which i it's going to be really surprising when when i say this um especially because you 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 know, that this is going to be kind of funny, Um, you know, just because of how strict my dad's views were, you know, I, I was actually, you know, kind of, so, so was everyone in the school, uh, homophobic. And it turns out uh, one of my friends um, was outed as gay. And um, yeah, I was in seventh grade at the time. And I remember that that really kind of shook me up because I had been best friends with her since kindergarten and i was like how did i like not know that um so i went and i talked to her about it and by this time you know cuz you know it's a small school and everyone knew everybody uh, you know she she knew that everybody knew and uh she she expected that we weren't going to be friends anymore and um and so i i kind of talked with her with a little bit about it and it, i i went home and you know, I, one of the things that my dad always told me was, uh, you know, if, if you're ever unsure, just, just read the Bible, pray and ask God. And then in the end, what do you feel he's telling you to do? Stick with it, which is really funny because a lot of times I use that to tell him why I didn't listen to him on a lot of things. Um, but you know, I, I decided in the end that, you know, she's a person, God made her and there's nothing wrong with her. And, uh, and so it, caused a lot of more bullying with her um the year after in eighth grade uh she actually ended up um unfortunately uh kind of being broken down by the bullying and uh, actually brought a gun to school and Whoa, uh
1: no way
2: yeah but uh that uh nothing happened there which is uh good except uh you know she obviously had to go and uh get some help right um uh, Another one, of my friends got, uh, you know, got some eating order, just uh, dis- disorders and stuff like that uh, from the bullying that she was experiencing, and uh, and I actually had a, a suicide attempt, um, and um, I had the suicide attempt at school because I was then outed as bisexual, and that's also really bad and, uh, in a Christian school,
0: right? Um,
2: and all I knew was that I couldn't go home and have my dad know about that.
1: So 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 that was, that was bad. So this was okay. So so you were outed bisexual at school, and on on the same day there was the suicide attempt. Or was this something that you'd been battling? No, that with was the same day. The same day. Oh my gosh, Nick, what? Well, because wow. it, like I
2: said, it's a small school. So like, if right. the students found out, like the teachers were going to find out. Teachers know my parents they definitely know my dad, they could very quickly call him. Um, again, it was just something I did not want to go home to with him about.
1: So what happened after that?
2: Uh, so I ended up, uh, in the emergency room, obviously. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, it wasn't really much of a serious, uh, attempt. It was more of, you know, it was very impulsive done in the moment. And my friends were there, so they, you know, stopped me and shit like that. And, had called a teacher and shit. But, um, so I ended up in a, in a mental uh, hospital program for a few days. Um, met a lot of people who kind of, you know, were a little bit bold with their opinions, which, you know, I guess if you're in a mental hospital,
1: why not? Right. Um, <laughs> what else are they going to do? You know?
2: Yeah. If, if you're a troubled teen in the hospital, well, might as well share bold opinions. So, you know, a lot of my story was shared, and you know, since a lot of it was religious, and a lot of them were not, I got my first uh, view of what the world actually thinks. Because you know, Christians teach their kids, you know, beware of the secular world; it's all evil, and they're all monsters. And
1: well, you were so in- you were so hell. insulated too. You had you went Christian school, Christian parents, Christian friends, went to church. There was no exposure to the outside world at all. It was just Jesus.
2: Yeah, exactly. So this was the first time that I really got to see how things were for other people. And um and it was it was really interesting cuz like uh, they had yoga of course uh yes. to help you relax. And so they're like, "Oh, who wants to do yoga?" And they asked if I wanted to go and I was like, "No, I can't." And they're like, "Why not?" And uh and I didn't answer because I knew it was going to be stupid if I said it, but you know, they're really big on being open and honest. So I said, you know, um, my dad thinks that, you know, you'll get possessed by demons if you do yoga. And, you know, it's not something he would approve of me doing in here. And so this one kid, he just looks at me and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, uh, <laughs> oh, and it's... so we had this short conversation about that. And he was like, your dad doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Um, so I ended up trying out yoga. And it was great. And uh and yes, I got in trouble for it. Um, we were the, the program had our parents come in one night so that they could meet the people that we were hanging out with all the time. And that same kid raised his hand when the kids were allowed to ask parents questions. And and he's like, Yeah, I have a question for you and he points at my dad and he's like, Why do you think demons will possess
1: people if they do yoga? Do you wow. know that's stupid? What? Oh my gosh. What'd your dad yeah. do?
2: Um, he obviously didn't answer because the nurses were like, Okay shit, that's not Yeah. <laughs> that's not the kind of questioning that we, we wanna let, let, let let's do something else. And uh, I was very upset because I did not need that in my life either. Um So how did you I thought it was pretty cool, though, at the same time that he was also faulty enough to do that because I would never have dreamt of doing that to to my dad or challenging him like that.
1: How did your dad respond to all of this happening in your life
2: um he was he was just convinced convincing himself more along the lines the older I got that I was just becoming more a part of the world, and you know I was falling away, and I was becoming evil. Um, by the time I got into, uh by, uh, by the time I got out of the hospital, he agreed that I could leave the school, uh, the Christian school and enroll in public school, which I had been asking for for like at least three years. And so he, so he said, you know, you can either, uh, enroll in my, in my district or in your mom's, but then, you know, if you enroll with your mom's, then you're going to have to live mostly with her. So I I chose to just leave that whole area. So I went to go to my mom's area, which is about almost an hour away. And uh, so I enrolled in public school. And freshman year, first day, um, my dad picks me up for lunch, and uh, he asked me how school is, and I told him it's doing, you know, that you know, my first day was great. Um, You know, he he was very big on getting me geared up for all the bullying because I'm a Christian and stuff like that, even though he thought I was evil. Um, Because, you know, public schools like to beat up Christian kids. Right. Yes. So
1: So goes the narrative of the evangelical Christian world, that all secular people want to persecute Christians, because that's just how it goes.
2: Exactly. And so when I told him that it was, you know, great, and I liked my teachers, and I actually made a couple of friends, he started getting angry and saying that, I only want to go to public school so I can have sex and do drugs and, you know, uh, do a whole bunch of horrible things and, you know, maybe join a gang. And I'm like, where do you think we are? (laughs) We're in the middle of the suburbs of Chicago. Like, there aren't really many gangs around here at least. But, you know, he, he started yelling at me in this, uh, in this KFC, all about how all I wanted to do was drugs and stuff at a public school. And that's why I wanted to leave the Christian school. So, I left and um and I ran out of the out of the store and I just kinda left him there at the restaurant. And uh you know, then it got into this whole thing my mom was gonna call the cops to come look for me and stuff like that, but I found my way back to my mom's house just fine. But then my dad was, you know, very convinced that I was just evil because after that all we did was argue. And then we started arguing about how he thought that you know I was wrong for being bisexual, um, and he 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 always told me he's like I'm not upset, you know I, I wouldn't have been as upset if you had said you think you're bisexual, but you said I am, and you know you, you so you've already put yourself in that mindset, and I'm like well that's because I am, but you know okay, and um, so he he was very upset about that and that's kind of where everything kind of fell apart with him. Um, he wouldn't let me see any more of my friends when I was around him and, uh, at his house and stuff. And then something happened between me and him that involved, uh, my mom getting an emergency order protection. And I don't really want to go into too much detail on that.
1: Yeah, that's okay.
2: But, um, long story short, uh, I went to, I had to talk to some therapists and I had to go to court and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it, it came down to I, we couldn't have any contact for two years, and um, so that was kind of liberating, but at the same time, it was also really kind of it was really abrupt. That it was kind of damaging. Um, he was just you know there, even though it was a kind of a bad relationship, he was still there, and then suddenly he did just nothing. Yeah. So. I lived with my mom, and you know we tried to make the best of it. Uh, You know, I I definitely could have made it easier on my mom, but you know, I I wasn't a horrible kid, but I definitely could have been. You know, just a better helper around the house, especially because my younger siblings—they're triplets, so they're all the same age. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So you can imagine, you know, three eight-year-olds running around.
1: It's a busy time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot. Um, and my mom works worked as a nurse, so sometimes she had you know long hours and stuff like that um but you know she 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 came through with you know everything that we could ever need, and you know that that was pretty great. I definitely got a better concept of love and acceptance living with her than I ever did at my dad's yeah. um and then uh fast forward a, a bit um I didn't really care too much about. I like I kind of put a pause on religion. Um I didn't really do anything with it or anything about it. You know, I, people asked I'd be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm a Christian, but at the same time I didn't really do anything for it. I didn't go to church. Um and uh but that same that same church uh leader that me and my friends to uh went, went to for help with the demons. Uh she's still a part of my life. And we talked every now and then. And um, she would just, every couple of times a year, she would be like, hey, you know, let's let's meet for dinner and, you know, let's go to church. And I I always went along with it because, you know, a free meal, right?
1: Absolutely. Uh,
2: and, you know, we go to church and then she would always rope me into a really intense conversation because, you know, that's just how things are. Um, and it was almost, you know, where I used to actually, you know, how with God and Jesus and everything and you know I've been brutally honest with her before um, and I like it because she, um, she was obviously taken aback when I told her um, that not only was I bisexual but you know um, I realized that I was transgender and that was something that I didn't even know existed until I was 17 and it was something that I knew how I felt, but I didn't realize that there was a term for it or that other people experienced it. And it was something that I had expressed to her in other forms before, but again, I like I said, I never had the term for it until a friend in high school asked if I was transgender and then explained it to me. And I was like, yes, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, and so that, that caused a big issue in whatever ties I had left with the church. Um, just because, you know, small groups and things like that. Um, right. You not really, you know, they, they, they go by gender. And, you know, if I go into the men's group, you know, just to try to make me feel better then they're lying to all the other men. And, uh, and then if I'm in a woman's group, you know, they they feel more comfortable, but then I'm just like, yes. But if you want to have a, Conversation about you know how Christian women should act that's not for me
1: right, 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 yeah, so, so Nick th- this uh, thank you so much for for bringing that up and 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 for sharing that, and all everything so far, I mean, I just want to affirm you know I can't imagine putting up with all the shit from your dad that you put up with, like uh, I normally don't say this in interviews, but I think that guy's kind of a dick. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and so I, I just, uh, I want to speak for the listener who is sitting in their chair infuriated right now that you've been treated this way for so long, uh, because that's just like complete and utter bullshit that, to, to be treated that way and to be put under those kinds of constraints and, and just, just some of the, the, I don't mean this to be hyperbolic but in in a lot of ways literal like spiritual abuse in a sense is 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 the term that keeps popping into my head when I hear about some of this stuff and and uh and so I I appreciate you sharing uh so much about your life and in your story and your struggles and I I must admit I am I am a complete dummy when it comes to you know transgender issues transgender uh Um, transition surgeries and I know a little bit, you know, I know what a top surgery is and I know what some of those things are. Um, I, and so if you don't mind, uh, could I just kind of, uh, play the stupid person and ask you like potentially like, like stupid trans questions that I just like, that that I just don't know about. Um, Uh, yeah, sure. Go for it. uh, Because, because they're just, uh, there's so much misconception and there's so much confusion because, I think there's people, you know, for people that have never struggled with with their gender identity, it it just it's hard to it's hard to understand. So while we have you here, I would love to take this opportunity to, you know, ask you some questions just to understand like what this feels like for you. Um uh, how early on did you feel like you were a different gender and, and what was that experience like for you? I mean, you, you were in a, you were in a woman's body at the time. And, and so, so what is that? Can you walk us through a little bit what those feelings were like? And, and I don't know, maybe if there's a, an experience where you were just thought, Whoa, I am not a girl. Um,
2: yeah, well, the earliest that I can, um, think of a specific time. Cause you know, you can only think of so much, so early on in your life. Right. Um, I, I would probably say around four. Um, it was always a hassle getting ready for church. Um, you know, my mom would always get me dressed up in the dresses and the skirts and, you know, the, the shirts with the ruffles and, you know, doing my hair and stuff like that. And it, it was always something that I, I hate. And, you know, I would always, you know, say that I want to dress up like how dad dresses up, you know, that you know, that that makes more sense to me. Um, you know, the shirt, the tie, the pants, the the shiny shoes and stuff like that. And it was um you know that it, it was something that, you know, my dad thought was cute at first, you know, just, you know, oh, I wanna be just like him. Right. And things like that. And that's kind of what my mom chalked it up to at first as well. But after it kept happening um, you know, I got to the point where, you know, we, it, it, I would actually start crying because I just hated how I looked in these dresses. And, you know, sometimes I, I would, you know, just start crying because I knew that my mom absolutely loved how I looked in, uh, in the dresses and stuff like that. Cause she always told me she always wanted a girl and stuff like that. And she was so happy that she got a girl. Um, so sometimes I just wouldn't say anything, um, But after a few years, I think she started catching on because, um, it's probably like seven or so. And she, she pulled me aside one day and, um, she told me, she's like, if you ever feel that you like girls, you can tell me. Oh, wow. That was a big deal because you know how my dad obviously felt about that. Um, she always seemed to go along with everything he said and, um, at this point, I wasn't attracted to anybody about anything. So, you know, I was like, you know, why the fuck would I like girls? Like, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like, one day I'll like a guy and everything will be fine just right. because that's how things are going to be. Um. So that that was kind of just the end of that, but she just, you know, was that, that quick minute pull, pulling me aside uh, was probably the best thing she could have done for me at that time. Um, but, you know, we still argued about What I could dress like and, you know, my favorite day at the Christian school, because, you know, the girls obviously had to wear skirts. Right. Um, But on Fridays, for some reason, I were allowed to wear jeans. And um, so Fridays were my favorite because I could I could dress a lot more comfortable and a lot more. Like how I wanted. Um, I always wanted shorter hair. Uh, but you know, my dad said that a woman's long hair is her crown of glory or something that some verse says about women having long hair. Um, so I had long hair for a long time until he decided that he could cut my hair and then he cut it too short. And uh so I had a short haircut for a while, but it obviously wasn't uh it was actually more of a mullet style. So oh, that, no. that caused a lot of yeah, that caused oh, a lot no. of a lean as well. That did not help. <laughs> but um but that, that that that's how middle school basically was for me um, but in middle school, I did kind of have attractions to girls, and I was like, you know, that's kind of weird, but I just thought you know that's just friendship, right? um, it wasn't something that I was going to press on or not, and so when I found out that one of my friends was gay, that was you know, kind of exciting to me, but also really kind of scary because like, you know, obviously in the Christian school, you know, there's, they're still here. Right. The gays are still here. Um, but you know, I talked with her about it and how she talked about when she was attracted to other girls, you know, it made sense to me. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about, you know, a couple of people as well. Um, but in high school is when, you know, again, I, I was really sheltered. I didn't really know much of anything in high school. I started actually learning about things. Um, so since I was in this public high school, um, I made some friends who, you know, were gay, um, were bisexual. Um, and one girl uh, was talking to me one day because, you know, I saw no reason to hide at this point, And, you know, I went ahead and, you know, let people know I was bisexual at this school And I was talking to this one girl about another girl. And then, you know, of course, everyone, when they have a crush, they talk about, you know, their own insecurities with their friends because they can't approach their crush for whatever reason. Um, So a lot of the insecurities I had had to do with me not being more, I guess, manly. And um, but the more in depth we went into it, she she eventually asked me, she was like, you know, it sounds like you're, you know, trying to. Come, it it sounds like you're on the lines of you know transgenderism or something like that. And so I asked her about what that meant, and you know, and she said it's when you don't feel like your biological sex matches up with the gender you feel you are. Like if you feel you're a male but your body's female, but you know you're actually male inside. And you know, she took me online again, the internet, something I was really sheltered from. Um, and she took me on a whole bunch of research on it. And the more I looked into it, the more I was like, yes, this, this makes a lot of sense. And I realized that, you know, I didn't have to just struggle with being a girl, even though I, I absolutely hated it. And, um, you know, um, I, I had, I'd never heard of gender dysphoria before, um, as a term. Um, and it's, uh, you know, you know those times when you look into the mirror and you kind of like start like picking at yourself a little bit, like, you know, you could probably use some more muscle here or lose a little bit more fat there, like the little parts of yourself that you don't really like.
1: Nick, I you am. Just... I, I adore myself every day <laughs> and I am beautiful. <laughs> OK,
2: well, maybe some of the uh, other listeners. Yes,
1: Nick. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally
2: yeah well it's it's kind of like that, but only instead of those like little itching things at different parts of yourself it's it's everything and it's it gets to the point where you know it could it could really be repulsive just looking at yourself just because you know that something isn't right um it you know puts you into the points of you know having anxiety attacks can throw you into depression um really quickly, really easily, um, you know, something as, you know, I could be having a great day at uh, at some point, you know, going to work, doing whatever with my friends later on, and, you know, um, ha- having a wonderful day, everyone's calling me, you know, a man, a guy, and something could happen, you know, like, let's say I get my period that day, and then, like, the whole day just falls apart, yeah. and it's just this heavy weight of depression that just hits you like a train and then you're just absolutely kind of like dead inside for the rest of until it goes away
1: wow so nick tell tell us where you are now how do you feel now what are your relationships with your parents like now um, and I, I really want to know like how you feel about yourself because you've had some pretty major milestones recently. And, and so, so how are you feeling about yourself these days?
2: Um, right now, actually, uh, things are going really well. Um, uh, I recently just, uh, at the end of last month had the top surgery. Woo! Um, so that was really exciting. It was a day I didn't think would, would ever come. <laughs>
1: That, that was really exciting for those of us in the Yappers group because we were, we were informed of that right as you were going in. And so that was a really, I feel like a lot of us were really excited for you that day too, uh, because we'd been kind of walking through, um, we kind of been walking down the path with you a little bit of, of some of the barriers. We don't have to get into it, but of just some, of, some of the barriers that you faced when you were like, try you know, going to make this happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, it's, um, it, it, being part of the Aperus group has been really great, especially through through this. Um, it was something that because I, I didn't really announce it actually to any of my friends on Facebook or anything. Uh, the Aperus group and my roommates are like the only people that know. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, that that happened at all. Even like, and of course my boss, but that's like pretty much it.
1: Right. Um,
2: but like that my friends at work don't know or anything like that. They they know I'm having a surgery, but they don't even know what kind or anything. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really great now, especially because apparently I'm healing up very well. Good. Um, and, uh, I'm, I finally have a little bit less restrictions. I can lift up to 20 pounds now, which is wonderful. I don't feel so helpless. That's
1: good. Yeah. That man, weight restrictions suck. Those are terrible.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they were. Um, and, uh, so I look forward to going back to work, hopefully within, that, you know, one more month. Um, I, uh. I got two jobs and, you know, it just gives me something to do. Um, Right now I'm just kind of bored. Um, But I'm excited to get back to work. Uh, I'm excited to having no restrictions so I can, you know, start, you know, taking my dog out again. I've got a big, you know, 70-pound lab that just loves to run around everywhere. Yeah, he's crazy, though. (laughs) He's crazy and he's crazy strong. But (laughs) he's adorable. He's extremely friendly. But he just needs to you know, run around and play and have all that exercise. And it's been kind of sad, you know, not being able to really help him out because I haven't been able to, to do that. So I look forward to doing that again with him. Um, uh, I live with a couple of roommates and my girlfriend right now. Um, I've, uh, I've been wonderful to get to know her family. Her family has been a real blessing because uh, my relationship with my father right now, even though the Order of uh, protection is long gone over with. He still chooses to have nothing to do with me. And in doing so, he he won't let me see my younger siblings. Mm. Um, They're 17 now, so they'll be 18 within a year. Uh, I just kind of wonder how they'll turn out. Yeah. Um, I also know that he got remarried. Um, This will be his third wife. I also know that she's like 29.
1: Family values, I, man. Family values.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, you know, it's not good for man to be alone, you
1: know? Right, right. It's also, doesn't Jesus say something about uh, if you get divorced, you commit adultery? Isn't that, uh, God, isn't that somewhere in there? Isn't yeah, that am pretty Bible sure. Somewhere? Yeah. It's mad yeah, if you marry,
2: you make her an
1: Yeah. Well. Way to go, dad. I mean, honestly, yeah. honestly, though, dude, like, I feel like that's a good thing that your dad doesn't want anything to do with you because I just feel like that dude is just going to destroy whatever life he's in um and i don't even know the guy but he just sounds like that's what he does um nick uh so i'm running out of time but i got two questions for you that i want to ask um i think you know what one of them is and we'll get to the last one here in a second uh what advice and this isn't even just for people who are um you know trans what advice do you have for people who are depressed who don't feel like they are living their true selves who are are kind of buried under this burden of uh, whatever their parents are putting on them in religion you know that even though their story might be your story is it might not match up the same they might not have the same principles those feelings of depression of loneliness of i'm living a lie uh, I, I need to break free. Those those feelings are so real for so many people. What advice do you have for people in those positions uh, to get to where you are? Um,
2: well, especially when it comes to you know the pressure from the parents, especially when you're young and you can't you know have the freedom to really do anything on your own. You can't you know leave the house. Really, it's you know as, as cliche and as how as horrible as it'll sound, it, it, it does get better after high school in the sense of, you know, as, after high school, you can you can make the choices to pretty much do whatever you want. And you just have to be willing to do that. You know, I, I moved in with some friends. Um, it was really hard to make the decision to not live with my mom. Um, but, you know, I went ahead and I did that. Um, you know, I started making my own My own life, I definitely made some horrible mistakes. Um, You know, some are still kind of costing me now, but I've, you know, I've learned that even though you make mistakes, if you just take the breath, you can definitely find a way to just get through it. Just, you know, have that small group of friends that you can rely on. Just know who your friends are. Don't be afraid to talk to them about it because holding it all in really just makes the anxiety worse makes the feeling of loneliness worse but if you have those few people to talk to a way to kind of express how you're feeling to at least somebody and have some sort of outlet it's a really good way to make things a little bit clearer in your vision and you can definitely see that life can definitely get better and you can definitely make the choices to make things go pretty much any way you want to
1: wow man thank you for that that was amazing um and, of course, the final question, Nick. Uh, why aren't we screwed, man? I mean, you know, we, you look at the world today, it looks kind of crappy for some people. You've been in a situation where uh, at one point you literally thought you were screwed and you thought it was so bad, um, you know, that, that it, it, the idea of going home uh, was, was so bad that, that the idea of, of you know, not being here on Earth was more attractive than not going home. So you've been there, and you've you've come back from that. So when you look at life these days, what makes you think you know what we might not be screwed after all?
2: Um, I'd say that as long as there are people that are willing to be open-minded um, to other people, especially when it comes to things we we don't understand, you know, especially you know that lately in our world that's been brought out with this election, um, people have been really divided over starting to become really petty things. But, you know, as long as there are people that are open and are able to put aside certain things and see the humanity in someone else and, and be able to keep that, you know, civil connection, you know, that things, things will be okay and things will keep getting better because, you know, as long as we choose to treat each other with respect and love, it doesn't matter, you know, what race someone is, or what sexual orientation someone else is, or what gender or religion, you know, the your, your neighbor is, as long as you, you know, understand that that person's a human, and whatever your your beliefs or your lifestyles are like, you can just put that aside and just be civil to each other. Things are going to be okay, and I feel like I feel like we're starting to realize that a little bit more. Because despite all the horrible things in the news, you can also see that, you know, people are creating, you know, more more gardens and people are saving more animals and people are caring more about the earth and caring more about each other. People are trying to start all the businesses out there to, to just help other people. And as long as we keep supporting things like that, um, I feel the world will get a little bit better.
1: And with that, we might not be screwed after all. Nick, that was beautiful. I love it, man. Thank you so much uh, for being on the show and for taking the time to, to uh, share your story and for being so honest. I mean, I, I know this is going to to hit someone uh, right in the heart. And, and we just appreciate so much having you part of the family, uh, part of the community, part of our, our Patreon crew. I mean, just everything. I mean, you are so, so much a part of what we're doing here. And it's such a privilege and an honor to have you on the show and tell your story. And I just really, really appreciate it. Pre- appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it's, it was really great. Well, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Nick. I had an absolute blast. Nick is the coolest person ever. So if you want to get in touch with him, there's a million different ways to do it. And we'll put some links up to the show notes. But the best way to get in, ta- in contact with him is to join us on the Yappers page. Because we love everybody on the Yappers page. We love you too. But we also really love the folks on the Yappers page. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. It is a pleasure every single week that you welcome us onto your phones and into your lives uh, to do with you whatever it is that you do while you listen to us. We love you more than you could possibly know. We do not need to know you to love you. You do not need God to be good enough. That is for damn sure. And we are by your side 100%. Stay godless, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening. The next episode will be an update. Nick now. Go to Facebook and join the Yappers group to say hi to Nick and make some atheist friends. It's private, so no worries. If you don't want everyone to know you're a heathen just yet, you're safe. If you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash your atheist pastor. If you like sex, there's a new podcast out there enthusiastic consent with carl and renee i have listened to the first three episodes and rumor has it there's a new episode coming soon stay godless everybody